But with that, we have a real blessing tonight. People, uh, the reason that we have Bible prophecy here on Sunday nights, the reason why I love Bible prophecy as much as I do is this, because it gives me so much hope, because I, I know where I'm going when I die. Uh, the Bible lets me know, wow, soon and very soon, uh, we're going to be home. I want to be well prepared. I want you all to be well prepared. But in the meantime, in this world, in this world, there are a lot of really hard things. Life can be tough. People go through all types of trials. There's death. There's destruction. You read the news every day. How do you navigate this life in the midst of the worst trials you could possibly go through? A Bible prophecy gives me that forward thinking. And tonight, we're going to find out how to navigate through some really hard things. We have a testimony that's coming our way. If you were here with us this morning, you know that. If you weren't here with us this morning, you're about ready to be greatly blessed, encouraged, and have a perspective that is indeed heavenly and uplifting. And uh, you're, you're going to be glad that you came or that you are watching this tonight. So, but before I introduce our guests, um, we have a short video. It's three and a half minutes long. Uh, let's, let's roll the video. Now to an amazing survival story of a young girl nearly killed by a drunk driver. She's now inspiring others with her faith and her strength. It's the subject of a new book called Miracle for Jen. NBC's Michelle Franzen is here with her story. Good morning, Michelle. Oh, good morning, Jenna. Jen Barrick was just 15 years old at the time of the accident, and no one expected she would survive after suffering a major brain injury. But her family and community rallied around her and described what happened in the weeks and months that followed as nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> At the Barrack home, the simple act of having dinner together means everything. I believe that God has, in a sense, given us a second chance. That second chance came five years ago when Jen, her parents, Linda and Andy, and brother Josh were nearly killed by a drunk driver. His lights were off. He was running from the police, and we didn't see him coming. The day began celebrating Josh's baseball tournament win and Jen's first choir concert. In a split second on the drive home, it would become their worst day. The accident happened on this stretch of road less than a mile from the barracks home. The family was told the driver was going nearly 80 miles an hour at the time and no one remembers what happened next. All of a sudden, I'm waking up and my face is just up against this a crushed glass windshield. The entire family sustained life-threatening injuries and were rushed to four different hospitals. Jen wasn't expected to make it through the night. Jennifer had a traumatic brain injury and it was a global injury all through her brain. In the days, weeks, and months when the barracks couldn't care for themselves, family and friends pitched in, using the power of prayer, they say, to cope, hold on to hope, and deal with the anger. That was my little girl. And here's what got me. Jen did nothing to deserve it. Doctors didn't expect Jen to recover at all. She was in a coma for five weeks, and her mom says the times she did respond were not encouraging. We'd see half an eye for a little bit. It wasn't like she just woke up and could talk to us. When Jen finally emerged from the coma, loved ones say she was singing gospel songs and reciting prayers as clear as she had before the accident. Thank you for everything you're doing. Defying the odds and surprising everyone, including doctors, Jen has learned to walk again, talk, and read. He chose 
for us. That's really good. <laughs> In the months before the accident, Jen kept a spiritual journal, writing about wanting to be different and wanting to make a difference. Entries Jen says she now embraces as someone who lived to tell her story. She and her mom lead and speak at prayer groups, and Jen's mom has written a book about their ordeal. And I know I'm different, and I'm okay with that. Back at home, dinner has spilled over into a card game. Everyday moments that are now extraordinary. I know it is still hard. We all struggle in different ways, but I feel like it has also too bonded us as a family, which I am very thankful for that. Jen still struggles with some memory problems, and doctors tell us her progress is slowly continuing. That hasn't held her back, though. Jen is even taking a college course and looking forward, she says, to whatever the future holds. Jenna. What a great story. Thanks a lot, Michelle Friends. And Amen. Please welcome the Barrett family. Amen. Have a seat. Thank you. Thank you for staying here. Not everybody visits Hemet, California. <laughs> um, so we thank you for coming and spending your vacation with us. <laughs> thank and, you uh, for having us. So what, a, what a real blessing thank this you. is. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. Olivier Melnick's message that he's going to be bringing two weeks from tonight from Chosen People Ministries is Israel at 70 against all odds. It's uh, incredible things are happening. So mark your calendars for that. Um, but back to where we are, I'm going to get a, a little bit of an introduction. Uh, we'll start with, with you, Linda. Your dad is Dr. Ed Heinsen. Yes. And Dr. Ed Heinsen is one of the uh, foremost experts in Bible prophecy. So I was thinking about this tonight. Our Sunday nights are, are their Bible prophecies. Yeah. And uh, the name of our ministry is Hope for Our Time. So it, it does the, the entire uh, lot of human life, the tragedies. Uh, but also the joys and everything in between, and the hope is Jesus. Now, Amen. your father has been a huge inspiration to me for a long, long time. Yeah. It was your, your dad that first mentioned your ministry to me, mm -hmm. and then uh, Jack Hibbs, uh, who was uh, one of the early people to inspire me in Bible prophecy as he was getting inspired to teach Bible prophecy, and Barry Stagner. So, uh, Pastor Barry Stagner, I look at all three of them, I'm thinking, wow, it's all Bible prophecy uh, people who... Who, who said you need to have them come out, and then here we are uh, tonight, and literally there's a worldwide uh, audience watching tonight. And I was thinking about this, some of the things that you shared this morning, and then I want to talk about forgiveness, all the things you shared this morning, and how do you get to that place of, of in your own heart, being able to deal with, okay, Jesus says I need to forgive, how do I get there? So work through that, because a lot of people here, and people watching, that have had trials and tragedy and difficult things. And forgiveness is not an easy place to be. But in Revelation chapter 21, the yes. Bible tells us this, and we're teaching through Revelation now on Sunday nights. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. I think it was Dr. Heinsohn who said, uh, Revelation 21 tells us we're going to the place of no mores. All of those no more funeral homes, no more hospitals, any of those things. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give you the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. That is so cool, especially in light of all that you were able to share this morning and uh, thinking that all things are made new. And you're already experiencing that. Yes. And, uh, and with this, Andy, I'm going to turn it over to you. Andy's dad, Linda, mom, and Jen, uh, their daughter. And you also have a son, Josh, who's back at Liberty University. Andy, I'm going to turn it over to you. We're going to work through some things. We saw the video. It was incredibly impactful. I watched another video. And you were going how fast? 45. 40. So the impact of the two vehicles colliding was what? 125 miles per hour. 125. Yes. And it was so strong that the, the engine actually came out of the other vehicle. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. He was driving a truck, and when he hit us, he hit us with such force that he dropped the engine out of his truck. And he actually, uh, he ran right over top of us. Um, the car was literally this high. And, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, EMTs and first responders said it was the worst accident they'd ever seen. Wow. And yet you are all able, you're alive, yeah. but you went through trials. A little bit about that. Well, God did so many miracles the night. Um, truly that we're alive. Any of us that we made it that night, I mean, somehow he reached down and said, not tonight. We truly believe that Satan meant for evil, but God has redeemed it. Um, Yes, when he hit us and ran over top of us, uh, once they got us out of the vehicle, it took them an hour and a half to get Linda and me out of the front seat. The car was literally just morphed around our body. And then Jen, they came through the back and got her out. And we were scattered to four different hospitals within hours of each other. And we didn't go home for over three months as a family. But Jennifer was a Glasgow scale of three at the accident site. And dead people are a Glasgow scale of three. So she was barely clinging to life. She took the full impact right here on the front left of her skull. Mm-hmm. Now, on the, on the Glasgow scale, how's that factor out? I mean, that's just she I'm was not as a low as you could possibly as low as be. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Very yeah. faint pulse. Yeah. yeah. And you and you're here. You're living to tell us about the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're going to get into that too, and, and all the hope that you have. So uh, what I want to work through a little bit, and I know we're going to get through this right. to it, but on the, the, the trial part, I, um, this, for some reason, this valley, we have uh, the way the roads come into this valley. There's two-lane highways, two-lane highway, two-lane, and they're all fast. And uh, the only way that's not a fast one is over the mountain, which is like this, and over a cliff. 
and it's and there are a lot of bad accidents. There really are. It's like every weekend we hear horror stories. So there's um, some. There, there's too hard to even repeat some of them. You know, just right. our families right. losing loved ones all the time. Uh, we have that, uh, but there's not just that. Uh, uh, alcohol involved usually, um, but then you have other people who go through things, Andy and and. Um, that when they were a child, they were abused. And, and there's this, all of a sudden they come to Christ and they've got another problem they have to deal with because they've been able to hold on to anger and bitterness uh, against that person. And now they're a believer in Christ and they're hearing about forgiveness. And I mean, that, the, these things are hard. You've had to work through all of this. And I, I, and I have some dear friends that have lost loved ones in bad accidents and things. That's, that's a hard process. So you went through this. You're in the hospital. You went home. You went through all these different things. Mm-hmm. So you have, you have the mental thing, but the mm-hmm. physical thing that you're dealing and the emotional part. Right. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, as you can imagine, it was quite a time. And I, I remember the first time that I went home. And um, it was a month and a half after our accident. I asked my parents to take me to our house. No one had been home. And um, I remember them getting me into my wheelchair into our family room, and I wheeled through our family room into our kitchen, and there was a plate on our counter that Linda would write verses on in the kid's birthday. And I just froze and looked at the verse, and it was 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And there was Jesus on the plate, Pastor Tom, saying, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so as we, deal, as we were dealing with all these things emotionally, psychologically, physically, there was Jesus saying, Andy, in your weakness, I am strong. And so that's our hope tonight is that no matter what you're going through, that Jesus is your strength if you know him as your personal savior. Yeah. So it, it's it, working through that passage. Sometimes you, we hear it, we think, okay, Paul, okay, you said that you were the super saint living through it, uh, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, and I'll be honest with you, I pray for people a lot on the courtyard out here on Sundays they're going through something, and I will pray for God's grace and his peace to overwhelm them. I leave the healing up to the Lord. I know the Lord is the great physician. But man, that is, it's a tough verse because it's like, all right, I know that was good for Paul. I understand, however, Lord, but you've seen the grace of God work in such a remarkable way that you have this enormous ministry that in a sense was even asked for and even prayed for, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um, You know, I think growing up with my dad being Dr. Ed Heinsohn, he taught me to love God's word at an early age. And I knew God's word was true. And I love how Jen says God's word is like a rock. You can stand on it and you can claim it. It is the only thing that never changes um, is God and his word. And so no matter what you're going through in life, you can cling to God's word and um, know that God is faithful. And I think we all have a choice when we go through hard times to be bitter or better. It's almost like the two roads. What, what road am I going to take? I can choose to be bitter. I can choose to run to God or run away from God. And um, the verse, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, once I was reading it to Jen and she's like, oh, well, I want to be weak because <laughs> I want God's perfect power. And um, Jennifer uh, 
before the wreck was completely different personality. She was quieter. Um, she, she was a varsity cheerleader and a varsity soccer player, and she loved Jesus with all her heart, but it was hidden kind of in her journals at home. And there's a journal that she wrote two and a half months before our car wreck, and I found it when she was in the coma. And I ripped it out, and I just carried it with me in my wheelchair everywhere because it gave me hope that God wasn't done using her and that he was going to wake her up. And um, Jen, it starts with Anything is Possible with You. Oh, yes. So I titled it Anything is Possible with You. Wow, Lord, it's crazy how time flies. And it's your father. I don't want to blend in because I know that I was born to stand out. To stand alone, maybe, if that's what it takes. This life that I now live is not mine, but yours. It's yours to do with as you please. So pretty much, Father, I'm just begging you to take this year and my life and to please allow your glory to shine. Take it, Father, and use it to its fullest potential. Your faithful servant, Jen. And so Jen was in a coma for five weeks, and why don't you tell them? No one thought she'd wake up from the coma. Why don't you tell them what it's like to wake up? Well, yes. First off, to wake up from a coma, <laughs> it's not at all how they show on movies. <laughs> it takes weeks. Um, my parents would get excited when they'd see part of my eye starting to reopen. Your physical body's completely broken. I had to relearn how to do everything how to walk, how to talk, how to read, how to write, how to get dressed, how to swallow, how to brush my teeth, everything that you do on a daily basis. But it was so neat because during this time, even though my physical body was so broken, my spiritual body was still intact. No matter what we go through in life, no one can take that away from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. amen, amen. amen. I, um, I wish all of you could have been with us in the hospital because Andy and I are in wheelchairs and we're watching our beautiful 15-year-old daughter. And she is zipped up in this bed like a tent to keep her from falling on the ground. And as she started to emerge from this coma, she had no control of her arms and her legs. And so she's just thrashing around and she's moaning in pain and we can't really talk to her. We can't understand her. But all of a sudden, she starts praying and talking to Jesus. And it was this uninjured voice, and she is it's like she was just with him. And she was saying, Lord, should I go or should I stay? What would you have me do? And then she'd roll around and get all wound up in the feeding tube, and she'd say, okay, Lord, I'll do it. But there aren't words to describe you. And it was as if she was in God's throne room somehow, and he was giving her a plan for her life, and she was agreeing to it. And it was unbelievable. Um, Jennifer, uh, to calm her when she was in pain, we'd bring in the WOW Worship CD, and she could sing all 22 songs word for word on that WOW Worship CD. And we would open God's word. We left it open. I would say to those nurses, don't you dare close the Bible because it is alive and powerful. And the only thing that would calm her was the praise songs or we would start reading God's word. And she would start quoting out loud whole chapters of the Bible, whatever she had hidden in her heart. And it was unbelievable to watch. And then the doctor would come in and he'd say, Jen, raise your right arm. 
and she could not do it. She could not follow a verbal command. She didn't know her name. She didn't know she had a brother. She couldn't sit up. She couldn't eat. But she knew Jesus. And she would talk to him for hours. And she would just praise him and say, Lord, you are so good. You are so faithful. You're glorious. And she would go on and on. She didn't ask for anything. She just praised him. And I remember one day, you know, I'm like, Jen, can we pray with you? She was in so much pain. And she said, he's right here. Just talk to him. He's right here. (laughs) And it was like there were two sides to her. Her mind and her body that was so broken. And yet the power of the Holy Spirit was alive and perfect inside of her. And when you invite Christ into your heart and life, Scripture tells us that his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And that's what we see in Jen every day. Even as God heals her 11 years later, she can pray heaven down and pray a whole sermon. (laughs) But she might get lost in Dick's Sporting Goods or she got lost last week in the restaurant. But God, when it, when it comes to spiritual things, she is not injured. It's unbelievable. And there's one story that happened in the hospital that changed my life forever. It was Christmas time, and Jennifer still couldn't stand up. The lift put her in the wheelchair. And my friend Pam Foster was with us, and Pam was rubbing her feet because Jen's kicking Pam, and we're trying to calm her down. And I said, I'm in my wheelchair, and I said, let's sing Silent Night. And so we started singing Silent Night. And Jennifer starts singing and she stops kicking and thrashing. And at the end, she's looking up at the left and she just goes, Amen. And I looked at her and I said, Jennifer, do you see Jesus? And she said, Yes. Don't you see him? He is standing right beside me. And, you know, I think I cried all day. Pam and I cried all day. We wanted to see what she saw. And she was completely blind during this time. She could not, from her head injury, she was completely blind. She could not look at me and know I was her mom. She had to hear my voice. But do you know that day she started seeing in the upper left? And that day she stayed awake three hours and was allowed to stay in the hospital. (laughs) Because insurance wanted to send her home. And Jen, tell them how you like to view Jesus. Well, yes, I love to view Jesus as my escort. Because I love how scripture says that once we have invited the Lord into our life and into our hearts to be our personal Savior, how God promises to never leave us or forsake us. So I love just to visualize Jesus holding my hand or carrying me on the hard days. The same for you guys. If you have invited the Lord into your life and into your heart, you are never alone. Jesus is your escort. He's your companion. He's there to help you. Amen. 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 You know what? Because he doesn't ever leave us or forsake us. So you're blind at that time. Yes. You're continuing to improve. This is so remarkable. But at the same time, you could see the Lord, and, and yet... For the rest of us, we forget the Lord is with us right. all the time. Right. And I had this question that was just texted me, yes. in case you're wondering why, we, okay. why I was reading this. <laughs> Great. So we have questions. I don't know if this came from 
uh, YouTube or if it came from email. I'm not sure, but it came in because somebody's watching this. Okay. And, and you kind of have already answered this, but maybe uh, you might want to explain it a little bit further if you, if you can. Uh, with all of the evil and destruction going on in the world, mm -hmm. and I would imagine that uh, the personal, but also when you look out there, uh, we have terrorism, we have, we have scary things that are happening. People right. are afraid. Right. Um, how do you keep your hope? And, and obviously it's, mm -hmm. Jesus, it's Jesus. But I think this is, is for people who are out there. They, they, you've experienced this unbelievable thing. Um, you're walking us through this process. Is there something else that you could share along these lines? Yeah, I think um, sin destroys. We live in a sinful world. Um, you know, our Savior said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and give it abundantly. John 10.10. 10. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in a sinful world. What are we holding on to? What is our foundation? What do we build our life on? You know, I remember before the accident, Pastor Tom, we would go to the children's bedroom and we would pray over them. That was what we tried to do every night in our house to one of the children's bedroom. And I remember praying and we pray protection and we pr pray blessing. But after I would say, Jennifer and Josh, mommy and daddy love you so much, but hold on to Jesus. He's your rock. He's the anchor in the storm. We love the verse, Hebrews 6, 19. We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. You know what? I would have missed this guy had I seen him. I didn't even see him. We didn't even see it coming. Oftentimes we're aware of things that are going to happen to us. But what happens when sin blindsides you? You know? So our foundation is in Jesus yeah. and the promises of God's word. Yeah. Wow. And I remember too, for me, I had to know that our pain had a purpose, that we weren't suffering for nothing. And there was one day I was in the kitchen and I got so angry at Satan. And I was just saying, Satan, you tried to take out my family, sort of like a mama bear. And I was like, you're going to pay. <laughs> and we are going to tell as many people about Jesus as we can. Yeah. And it gave me a purpose. Your pain makes you passionate. Either we crawl up in a hole and we become bitter or we go out and we change the world. I mean, there was a lady just last week, um, her child got killed by a drunk driver and she went and got the laws changed. I mean, she was passionate to make a difference and to help others. So if you will allow God, he will use your pain to make you passionate to help others. And what if you share Jesus with one person and change their destiny forever? What if? It doesn't take your pain away, but it gives you a purpose greater than yourself, greater than your family. Um, Jennifer had cancer four years ago, and when she had cancer, she said, I'm going to share Jesus with every doctor and every nurse. And so she handed out her prayer books and uh, all over uh, at the UVA Cancer Center in Charlottesville, Virginia. And just last year, we went back and spoke at a church and tell them about who came. It was so exciting. This um, beautiful woman with a bright blue baseball cap. And came, no hair. No hair. Came yeah. running up afterwards. And she pulled out um, my prayer book. It was all tattered and worn. 
And she said, Jen, one of the nurses saved your prayer book for me, and I hope it's okay. I've been praying your prayers to the Lord, and I even uh, prayed the salvation prayer in the back, and I think it took. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so then um, she said, I'm cancer-free, and yes. uh, we became mm. friends with her, and Florence. about six months later, we heard that uh, Florence had passed away. And immediately I said, oh, Jen, we thought she was healed. And Jen, what did you say? She is. Yeah, she Amen. Is. Jen said she is healed. She is dancing on Amen. streets of gold. And so when you think about our earthly facts, Jen's earthly fact was she had cancer, had thyroid cancer. But her heavenly reality is she had cancer at just the right time. And because she shared with Florence, Florence wow. is now in heaven for all Amen. of eternity. Amen. Amen. That is, yeah, it's that heavenly perspective. The heavenly perspective. Amen. The, the one, I, mean, I heard a lot of comments this morning that were just fantastic. The one uh, main theme that ran through almost every person that commented to me after the ministry this yeah. morning was perspective. Yeah. And how people just had their perspective changed or refocused. Yes. A lot of times as Christians, you know, you're a Christian for 30 years, you need refocusing. Right. Because you can get, you just kind of get in a rut. You, you go to church and you, you go through motions. But your passion in the Lord and for the heavenly things, right. are they, you lose that fire. Um, you, you had mentioned something. Um, Andy, you had mentioned that Satan has come to kill and steal and destroy. But Jesus has come to give life and give it abundantly. And I've experienced this. You met... Uh, Sam and Don this morning, yes. our worship leader whose son was killed a few years back, yes. uh, two and a half years ago, and a uh, tragic accident, but he's in heaven. Yeah. Uh, our executive pastor uh, passed away in an accident almost two years ago. Right. It, was, it was just tragedy. But people get mad at these things, right. and they get mad at God. Mm -hmm. The problem is, and this is what I found, is people say, why didn't God do something about it? That's the enemy, because right. God did do something about it. God sent his son. Amen. It's the enemy who wants us to think God hasn't done anything yes. about it. God's right. the, no, yes. Satan has come to kill and steal and destroy. And you said, no, we're going to tell everybody cancer. Yes. I mean, that had to really rock your world, going through everything. And then you find out Jen has cancer. It did. It really did. Um, it sent me to a really dark place again. And I would lay awake in bed just saying, Lord, do you love us? Have you been good to our family? And just wrestling with him. And he would keep bringing me back to the cross and how Jesus, how God allowed his innocent son to suffer and die for me. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening or if you're in here, if you've gone through something painful, how many of you have gone through something hard or painful? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand, you're probably lying. We have all gone through hard. But Satan wants us to blame God. He wants us to blame God or he wants us to keep condemning ourselves if we messed up or if we made a mistake. But if God allows you to go through something hard, he's going to walk with you through it. He doesn't always spare us from it. You know, we would often read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And I would say, Jen, there's times when it is necessary for our destiny to be in the fire. And then, Jen, what would you say your favorite part of the story? Yes, I would say yes, but we're going to come out not even smelling like yeah. smoke. Yeah, she's like, Amen. I hope we don't even smell like Amen. smoke. But whatever it is that 
that God asks us to walk through, he's going to hold our hand. Amen. And just like Jen, we can talk out loud to him all day long because he's right there. And he's got a far greater plan on the other side. And, you know, there were years when I was praying, Pastor, and I was begging God to fix Jen to who she was before. And she didn't want to be who she was before. She wanted to be bold. She wanted to share Jesus with the world. Wow. And um, I wanted her to be normal. And Jen says, well, who's normal anyway? Think, you know? Yeah, what's normal? What's normal? What, what define, what's I didn't want her to be in pain. I mean, she was in extreme pain for five years, headaches, and um, she was hypersensitive. You couldn't touch her. She would scream in the shower. And um, I just wanted her to be able to do all those normal things that teenagers were doing. And one day when I got on my face and really confessed it to the Lord, he just whispered to my heart, Linda, why do you want her to be normal when I've set her apart to be extraordinary? And I'm going to do wow. the miraculous through her. And Jen says all the time, if you're normal and if you, blend, if you blend in, shame on you. Because if you know Christ, you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And we should look different and we should act different. And actually, when Jennifer had the thyroid cancer, she said, God wants me to write a letter to the drunk driver and tell him that I forgive him. And I think you can quote it. Sure, sure. I wrote the drunk driver, Dear Corey, my name is Jennifer Barrick. I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm a 26-year-old girl who prays for you every day. I am praying for God to heal you so that you can talk and walk again. I have a brain injury because you were drinking and driving, and I have suffered a lot too, but I like to think that God has remodeled me and has made me better. Even though I have disabilities and struggle every day, God is using me in ways I never dreamed possible for his glory. I want you to know that I have forgiven you, not in my own strength, but in God's strength. I can't explain it, but God has given me a special love for you. I will continue to pray for you daily. Today, Lord, I choose to forgive Corey, just like you forgave me. Thank you for second chances. Amen. Amen. That, to me, I, I want to get to the forgiveness in just a second, but I've got to right. say this, because you mentioned ordinary and normal, Yes. and I, I was uh, conversing with one of my friends the other day in ministry, and uh, it's a passage from the book of Acts that talks about, or, they're just ordinary men but we can see they've been with Jesus. You know that passage? Yes. And that because they had been with Jesus, they became extraordinary. The yes. apostles did. Yes. And, and so, I mean, why would you want to be ordinary when you right. can be extraordinary? Exactly. The apostle Peter said, we are peculiar people. Mm -hmm. And I believe that we're peculiar. From, if my memory serves me correctly from a study I did several years ago, it means uh, better, than, better than usual. Mm -hmm. And that's what we are in Christ. And that's what you, that is what you wrote. I remember, I remember from this morning, that's basically what you wrote right. uh, a couple months before the accident was, yes. I don't, I, no, I want to. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be, be normal. Something different for you, something for your glory. Yeah. And it's just so remarkable because the world portrays you have to look a particular yes. way, you have to smile a particular way, right. you have, everything has to be perfect right. uh, aesthetically. Right. Uh, no. God works on the inside and does the miraculous, and it is really a miraculous thing that God is doing to use 
your whole family and to use you for his purpose and it's, it's uh, for his glory. glory. This is yes. remarkable. Yes. And with the area of forgiveness, because this is where it gets yes. tough. Uh, this also got texted to me too, just okay. a minute ago while you're talking. And it goes along these lines. How, uh, this says how or did they... She might be hurting. Here okay. you go. You can do that and just lean on this. You can lean on this stool. Are oh, yeah. You, okay? you can yeah. stand up. That's just good. fine. Okay. You're allowed to. I just see her. She's squeezing her leg. She's oh. trying to hang on. Yeah. Okay. Great. I don't want to cause any trouble, so. Oh, no, no. <laughs> good. So how, uh, this says they, so the whole family, mm -hmm. including, including you, Jen. How or did they forgive the drunk driver? You had mentioned the letter you wrote mm -hmm. and so forth. And so I think of that. How do, you, how do you just work through that? I remember several years ago, this goes probably close to 20 years ago now, uh, when I was over a particular ministry, and uh, I was teaching on Friday nights, about 200 people at the Bible study, and I was an associate pastor at another church at the time, and this lady was there, she was a single mom. Mm -hmm. And her um, son was on a bicycle, and he had been killed by somebody who was reckless driving. I don't know if it was drunk driving, but he was reckless driving. And he came around a corner and he, her, her son died. And she was, you know, a single mom. Mm -hmm. And she says she goes to court and, the, the, and I guess there's something wrong with the whole thing. It was just the, almost intentional, it sounded mm -hmm. like. The mm -hmm. judge mm -hmm. lets the kid off mm -hmm. and, and, and um, she sees him at a grocery store. Uh, sometime later, mm -hmm. after the court case, she said her heart was just broken, uh, yeah. and she mm -hmm. runs into him at a grocery store. It's like she comes around the corner with her cart, and there they are face to face. Mm -hmm. And she said, "The Lord, she knew the Lord was saying, I need to forgive you.' Right. And that's what she said. Right. She said, mm -hmm. "The Lord's telling me I need to forgive you. I forgive you." And mm -hmm. she said, "He looked at me and he laughed." Mm -hmm. And I never right. forgot that. And right. she said she was just devastated on the inside. Right. Because we don't know the reaction. Right. And she's crying to me as she's telling me. Because this is all right. fresh to her when it right. happened. I prayed right. for her. And right. I said, you know, you've done the right thing. Uh, Jesus on the cross said, uh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Right. And, and we don't always know the response. Right. Right. But, but how? I mean, working right. through that, that, right. that makes me angry hearing that. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. And so you go through this. Right. And seeing your child like this or seeing that happen to, to anybody or just tragedy, hear of a child being abused, mm -hmm. it makes me want to go beat up somebody, right, right. Uh, well, at I, least that much. I think we have to put all of our expectations in God. And first of all, we cannot forgive in our own strength, only in God's strength. And I think we can actually say the words of Jesus on the cross. We can actually say, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. And one thing I learned just by doing a lot of research for the Beauty Marks book, and we had focus groups, and so we would have a room full of wounded people sharing how people had hurt them. Mm -hmm. And the ones that still had such pain attached I thought it was maybe if it was a family member or a father or a mother that had hurt them, and it wasn't. 
the ones that had less pain attached were the ones that could somehow have empathy for the person that hurt them and realize that that person was more wounded than they are. So in other words, if that person's not a Christian and they're going to die and go to hell one day, maybe you could just pray for them that they would come to know Jesus. And what I've watched from watching Jen, I mean, she prays every day for the drunk driver that God will heal him and that he will be in heaven one day and that he'll be able to accept Christ as his Lord and Savior, it's hard to hold on to that bitterness when you pray for someone every day. And it's hard to pray blessing. I mean, that is so hard. But even if you could pray for their salvation, and if you could realize the person that hurt you is probably way more wounded than, than we are. And like Jen says, so often we want to have love from someone that's not even capable of giving it to us. But, you know, when we sent the letter to the drunk driver, we never heard back. And it's okay because the story's not over, but we sent it giving all our expectations to God. And we don't know how the person will respond. They may be sorry, they may not. When we're talking about forgiveness, we're not talking about trusting the person. We're not talking about reconciling. That's a whole different issue where they'd have to say they were sorry and change their bad behavior, right? You're not going to have a relationship with someone that's going to hurt you again. You're going to have a boundary. But when we forgive, you're getting that bitterness out. Mm -hmm. Because I believe with all my heart, bitterness is Satan's stronghold. And if he can get us consumed with thoughts about that person that hurt us. And, you know, for us, we struggle with a lot of people that are not the drunk driver. Christian people that maybe hurt us or, or did us wrong. Um, and then you see them at church, you know. And you have to say, okay, my eyes have to be focused on Jesus, not on that person. I would say, in fact, most of the bitterness, mm -hmm. as Christians, this is the yes. big one, right? Yes. But not everybody's going through these. It's the little ones the little that things you're are just hard. mad at somebody because... Yes. Or a family member was, is a family, hard. Family members at Christmas time. Yeah. Boy, yes. those are the Thanksgiving. Yes. And you don't yes. feel very thankful yes. at that yes. moment. Yes. But it is true, and it's day-to-day, -day, and Christians hold on to things. Yes. I heard it said something to the effect of um, when we for, the reason we don't like to forgive is because it feels like we're giving something up that we're entitled to yes. hold on to. Yes. But it and torments us. It, 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 we're the ones, right, we're the ones that are tormented, right? Yeah. Our own prison bars yes. by, that, by that bitterness. Well, Absolutely. Pastor Tom, I love what Jennifer says and why she forgave mm -hmm. is because she wanted to be free mm -hmm. to be Amen. used by, by God. God. Yes. She didn't want anything holding her back from all that God had planned for her. So we don't forgive. We forgive because we want to be free. We want to be used by God. And if there's anything that's holding us back, whether it's towards another person, you know, we're supposed to get rid of that. And Jen, what do you love to say? How you take that person off your hook? Oh, yes. I love to say, um, yes, it's like the visual of taking that person off my hook and putting them on the Lord's. And just what I mean by that is just releasing it into God's hands. And so that, you know, so that you are free. And so that, you know, you just don't feel weighed down and that you can just live again. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I love that. Yeah. You had mentioned something this morning about scars. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you could talk a little bit about that before we, before we okay. wrap up? Sure. Um, so it was five months after our car wreck, and Jen and I were sitting in this love seat together, and she was close enough to see the scar on my face, and so Jen says, oh, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and I said, Jen, we've been in a car wreck. And she was so hurt, she didn't know she was hurt. And she said, Mom, I wish I was hurt instead of you. And she had scars all over her body that she didn't know she had. And as God started to heal her that year and she started to know she had scars, she didn't like them very much. And so she would ask me questions, sort of like a child, you know, just over and over about scars. And so what did we decide they were? We decided that they are beauty marks of God's faithfulness. Amen. And Amen. of how he can bring good through the sad times and the hard times but how he also promises to be there with us through them all. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. 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 Now, you, have, you also have, uh, is it a book called, a ministry? We have a, yes. a book? We have yeah. a book called Beauty Marks. You have a few different things. Yes, yeah. we do. That are available. Yes. We have right. Jen's prayer book, and we have a Beauty Marks yeah. book. And actually, the Beauty Marks book, um, we just launched an online study, and we have over 2,100 members in 46 countries. And so God is fulfilling the dream that he put on Jen's heart to have a ministry to the world. And um, it's just unbelievable what God's doing. And um, Jen, I saw you in the mirror the other day, and what were you doing? You oh, yeah. I was uh, counting my scars. <laughs> curious just how many I had <laughs> but it was cool the second I found out the number God just spoke to my heart and uh, I could just hear him saying you know Jen I don't look at you and think oh you're the girl with all these scars no I look at you and I just I see that you're beautiful you're priceless you were worth it you're mine mm -hmm. and I just want to encourage you guys you know God doesn't look at you and see your wounds or your scars no, he looks at you and he sees your potential and the amazing plans he has in store for you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And we think of the scars of Jesus, the yes, marks. the scars of, of Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And yeah. it's, it's his marks mm. yeah. that w he received. Well, you quoted the passage this morning, didn't you? Yeah. Yes. By his from, wounds, we are healed. Isaiah yeah. 53, 5, yeah. by yeah. his wounds, we are healed. Jen said, mm -hmm. someone else has scars, Jesus. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. his scars shout, I love you, yes. I love you, I love you. Yeah. And you were worth it. Yes. And I'd go to the cross all over yeah. again just to have a personal, intimate love relationship with you. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Listen, we're not quite done yet. Okay. However, I do need to say this. Yes. Because you, the YouTube audience has been watching, and apparently this come from the chat room. Okay, and, great. And uh, uh, they want to, this is YouTube people, sounds like plural, YouTube wants to thank the barracks from the YouTube chat room for coming out tonight Aww. and just sharing. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, and yeah. a lot of people will see this that's throughout great. the weeks ahead and that's months great. ahead, which is really neat. And what a real blessing it is. And, and with the ministry title, Hope for Our Times, yes. we have Bible prophecy. We have this to navigate right. this world now because this is so hopeful. Because the reality of it is there's people watching out there in the world. Right. Throughout, this literally reaches the entire world. Wow. Uh, people in here tonight that have different kinds of pains right. and people who haven't been through things yet yeah. that hard. And they will. The reality is they will. Right. And this is so hopeful. 
Um, it's so encouraging. Um, I'm going to ask you, Andy, to read from Isaiah 6. You, yes. you referenced it this morning. It's so powerful because it yeah. sums up everything. But before that, also, for people who are watching the rest of the world, how can they obtain your yes. your the, the books, the books. The material. The, yes, the, you can go to Hope Out Loud, hopeoutloud.com, and you can actually, uh, a little pop-up will come up, and you can put in your email and be part of our online Bible study. There's a store online, and um, we have Jen's book, Miracle for Jen, which is the miracle story and all her journals woven through, um, and then we also have the new Beauty Marks book, and it takes you on your own journey of healing through the words of Jesus on the cross, but then also his resurrection words. So it yeah. equips you to go out and share your story and share Jesus and have a purpose to your pain. And then there's also a video of our family speaking and um, Jen's prayer book, which is just priceless. And I just encourage you to, to get these resources. The ones that are here tonight, we have them out in the lobby at half price, so um, outside. So, But online, um, it will change. these resources have changed so many people's lives. And and um, this is full of Jen's prayers after her brain injury. And she just calls God Daddy. And she just says, hey, Daddy. Um, and they're so profound. And yet there is, they're, they're childlike. They're full of childlike faith. And yet there is this depth to them that is unreal. It's hard to put into words. But Jennifer just comes to the Lord like a child expecting him that he's He's going to help her. She's just hopeful. Like, why wouldn't he help me? He's the creator of the universe. Why wouldn't he heal me? Of course, he's healing me. And so um, I just encourage you to get the resources and give hope to people. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hey, Andy, I also think of all this. Again, we're in the series Revelation. Yeah. Revelation, as you well know, you've heard this yes. price since you were a little girl yes. from your dad. Yes. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And again, in that passage, Revelation 21, Behold, I make all Nothing things new. Yeah. And you, and Jen has especially experienced the revelation of Jesus Christ with everything right. she says. You all have. In Isaiah chapter 6, the passage, please read it and comment on it because it really expresses everything we've talked about today and indeed the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, it's one of our favorite passages because part of the story and if you have your Bibles I'd encourage you to turn there to Isaiah 6 when Jen was in the coma she was having a conversation with her Lord and Savior for hours if you get the miracle for Jen book you'll read about 10 to 12 ladies who spent the night with her in her ICU room and witnessed this night after night praying for hours and having a conversation with our Lord. And I just believe somehow Jen was in the throne room of God Almighty. See, people ask me today, who's your daughter? I say, well, she can't remember yesterday because of the brain injury. She's not fearful of tomorrow because the Lord ministered to her in such a way. She surrenders her day to Jesus. She falls on her knees every morning. She did it in the hotel room this morning, Pastor Tom, praying for every one of you. But she's surrendering her day to Jesus with an eternal perspective. And I believe the eternal perspective comes from being in God's throne room. I want to ask you a question. What if you were taken up to the throne room of God? And then you came back. How would you live your life? Would Satan be able to put lies in your head? 
Would we be discouraged or defeated in how we live day to day? Or would we be out sharing Jesus with everyone? Well, that's what Jen does. She shares Jesus with everyone she comes in contact with. I want to read this passage. I love it. The first eight verses, Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. And they've been calling to each other for all of eternity. Think about that. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook. And the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah says, woe to me, I cried, I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips, a sinful man, a broken man, a scarred man. I've made wrong choices. Sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? And I live among a people of unclean lips. Sounds a lot like our world today. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And please don't miss this. I love this part of the passage. With it, he touched my mouth and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Two things. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. What a beautiful picture of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, coming to this earth as payment for our sin so our guilt can be taken away and our sin fully atoned for. Wow, it's our guilt for the grace of God, our sin for the righteousness of Jesus. His blood, full atonement. We don't have to live discouraged we don't have to live in the past. We don't have to live defeated or believe the lies that Satan puts in our mind. We can say, Satan, you are under our feet. I'm fully redeemed. My guilt is gone. I love this. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? It's a question for me, and it's a question for you. It's a question for us today. Who will go for us? And I believe if we were like Isaiah in the throne room, without hesitation, we would say, here am I, send me. I believe we would say, here am I, use me, Lord. Do you know the Lord wants to use us to reach our neighbors, to reach our co-workers? The Lord wants to use you to reach the person checking you out at the grocery store. Yes, it's a question for us. 
Two weeks ago, Jen walked into the Walmart in our hometown in Virginia. She goes in there to witness, not to shop. No. She walked up to a gentleman and started witnessing and telling her story. And the man looked right at her and said, Jen, I know where I'm going. I'm going to hell. He said, I've done too many things in my life. And he believed in his heart that God could not forgive him. The week before we left on our trip to go to Colorado and then to be here with you tonight, the week before, Jen went back to that Walmart with her Miracle for Jen book and found the gentleman and said, would you please read my story? He said, I'm not going to read it unless you sign it. Jen wrote two things in there and signed it and handed it to him. And I kid you not, with tears streaming down his face, he said, Jen, I promise to read your story. And he reached out and he kissed her on the cheek. Let me tell everyone here and watching, the people around you who think they're going to hell, they don't need to go to hell. Jesus paid it all on the cross. When we accept Him as our Lord and Savior, we are fully redeemed. Our guilt is taken away. We're praying for that gentleman that he comes to know Jesus. And I can tell you this, when we get home, I know he's getting a visitor. I know it. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. And if you're watching by video or live stream, you do the same, please. We always give an opportunity to allow, there may be one person in this congregation here tonight who doesn't know Jesus, I don't know. We always give an opportunity. Maybe tonight you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Here's the thing, you don't have to buy it, you cannot earn it, it's free. It's free to all of humanity. Jesus paid it all. Jesus is enough. I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can pray along with me. It's not about the fancy words. It's simply from your heart to God's heart. Lord Jesus, tonight, I recognize my sin, and I realize, Lord Jesus, that you came to this earth to die on Calvary. You were buried and you rose again. You overcame sin and death for me. And Lord Jesus, I accept you into my heart tonight to be my Lord and Savior. On May 6, 2018, I accept you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of my sins and save me. And give me the strength to walk with you each and every day Lord Jesus, I want you to be my escort in this life until you take me home and I see you face to face. And with no one looking around, if you would say, I prayed that prayer, would you just slip your hand up? I accepted Jesus. I see that hand. I see those hands. Lift them up high. It's the most important decision you ever can make in life. I see them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
I'm going to say for those of you who raised your hand that you come tell Pastor Tom after we're finished. Tell him of the decision you made to follow Jesus. If we could all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, just stand to your feet, no one looking around. I want to ask another question. Maybe tonight God was speaking to your heart and you really want God to use you for His glory. And you're willing to say, here am I, Lord, use me. Even though you're scarred, even though you're broken, use me. Would you slip your hand up? Many, many hands are going up. Lord, use me. Lord, use me in spite of my brokenness. I'm going to ask all of you to have your hands up, and I'm not sure how you normally do it here at 412 Church, but I just want you to say, excuse me to the person next to you, and come on down front here, because Jen wants to pray over you. Just step out. If you're saying, God, use me, Jen wants to pray over you. Step out. There were many hands. They're coming. Just say, excuse me. I'm serious. I want God to use me. I want to reach my neighbor. I want to reach my coworker. I'm going to witness to the person at the grocery store. I'm going to share Jesus. Do you realize if we were up in the throne room of God, we would live our life different if we came back. This life is temporary. Jen reminds me every day, every day, how temporary this life is. She lives life in light of eternity. You know why? Because 10,000 years from now, she's going to say, what brain injury? What drunk driver? This life is temporary. The Lord loves you so much. He wants to use your story for his glory. Jen, will you pray over everyone? Yes. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you are so good. Yes, we want to rest in that perfect abundance. <laughs> oh, Daddy, I just can't stop smiling. Lord, I know that you're up to something huge, something that we can't even comprehend. Lord, help us to grab on to the hem of your garment and to go where you lead. For that is where the impossible becomes possible. Yeah. That's where miracles happen. It's when we trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Amen. Thank you, Daddy, for how you are our guide and how you are leading us in your perfect abundance to just, oh, yes, to where... Your perfect plan is made possible <laughs> where miracles happen, where truth reigns. <laughs> mm. Yes, where we can see you face to face. <laughs> oh, Daddy, I can't wait. Oh, wow. Thank you for loving us that much and for delighting in us. Lord Jesus, for you are our hope. You are our healer. You are our sustainer. <laughs> oh, wow, Lord. 
You are the God of miracles. Father God, we know you aren't done. So, Father God, thank you, Father, that we can call you Daddy and that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is our companion. <laughs> wow, Lord, it means so much. Lord, as we leave this place tonight, help us know that we don't have to blend in because we are born to stand out, to stand different because we have the hope of heaven that you want us to be different. I believe you are going to equip us to be different, that you are going to hem us in from before and behind. Uh, I love that verse that says, when I look into the right or into the left, my ears will hear a voice behind me saying, this is the way, walk in it. Thank you, Lord, for delighting in us and for how, you, for, for how with you we can experience the supernatural. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to our rescue and for being our almighty Jehovah Rapha, <laughs> the great I am, our almighty healer. <laughs> oh, Daddy, we crown you with praise. And thank you, thank you, thank you, that with you... <laughs> The best is yet to come. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Yes. To your name, Holy Father. Amen. 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 Praise praise the Lord. I don't... This is great. This is wonderful. Andy, real quick, before everybody heads out, because you have a table out there, you have some things. They are half price. Tonight's the last opportunity. Absolutely. Um, And we don't want to take them back to Virginia. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Please, we give these 50% off, $20 for all three. You get the beauty marks. You get the Here My Send Me DVD. This also has our son on here. Mm -hmm. Okay. He normally travels with us. And Jen's prayer book. Give hope. It'll give hope to someone. If you know someone who's hurting, buy this for them. It's a great Mother's Day present. Jen also has jewelry out there that you can look at. She designs jewelry, and uh, that makes a great Mother's Day present. But please, we don't want to ship these back. They're life-changing. Honestly and truly, if you know someone who's hurting, put this in their hands. Amen. And uh, thank you very much for coming thank out. You. Thank you from us. Yeah. YouTube already thank you. Thank you, yeah, thank thank you. you so much. Yeah. This has been wonderful.